Be aware, this podcast contains spoilers. No McFly ever amounted to anything in the history of Hill Valley. Well, history is going to change. Only Dr. Brown can help him get back to the future. Hello and welcome to the Micro Film Podcast with me, your host, Gav Smith. This week we are talking about the 1985 film Back to the Future, written by Bob Gale and Robert Zemeckis, and then directed by Robert Zemeckis, starring Michael J. Fox and Christopher Lloyd. Back to the Future is a story of Marty McFly, who, through a series of unfortunate events, travels back in time to 1955 and, well, ruins his own timeline, I suppose, by bumping into his parents and stopping their first ever meeting. The story then is about Marty, one, repairing a fractured timeline, and two, getting back to the future, as the name of the film suggests. My conversation is with my friend Richard Hazlitt. Uh, I met Richard when we were running through a city covered in blood. If you want to get in touch with me here on the podcast, as always, the email address is myfavoritefilmpodcast at gmail.com. If you want to follow us on Twitter, the Twitter account is at myfavefilm. That's my F-A-V-E film. Contact me if you want to get involved in the podcast, or just if you want to give me some feedback on what you think the podcast is like so far. If you're enjoying the podcast, please go over to iTunes and give us a rating on there. That helps the podcast be discovered by other people and therefore increase our listenership. Thank you very much for listening, and hopefully you'll enjoy this chat with Richard as we go... Back to the future! Back to the future! Back to the future! Back to the future. 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 Hi, Richard. How are you? Hi, Gav. I'm great. Thanks. Good. Nice to see you. Um, so we're talking about Back to the Future today. So, spoiler alert, it's about a kid that wants to get back <laughs> to the future. Wow, is that what it's about? God, I never it knew is. that. <laughs> Can you tell me, first off, why this one? Why is this your favourite film? What's this film mean to you? As far as favourite films, it's one of my favourite films. Fair enough. Um, I, I don't think I could ever put down just one film as being complete favourite. But this is probably the first film that I remember from my childhood. Right. I just remember the talk about it at school, everyone going nuts about it. I never saw it in the cinema, so I had to wait years for it to come on VHS. Ah. But in the build-up to that, uh, we had the Panini sticker album. <laughs> so we were collecting the stickers, we knew the plot. We saw these exciting tiny little frames of what might happen in the film. Yeah. Um, but it was probably a good couple of years later before I actually got to see the film. Wow. So it, it sort of it was embedded in my life for a good couple of years. Um, so when did the... go on? Back when I was about nine. Wow. Is that so? Is that when you first started thinking about? Is that when you first saw it when you were nine, or that's when you first no, heard been, about it? Um, it had been when I was about nine when it came out because right. I'm that old. So you're, you're younger than me. Um, <laughs> I yeah, saw it at the cinema. <laughs> yeah, I was probably about 11 before we finally got it on VHS wow. to watch. So that means 
you've only ever seen the version that has to be continued at the end. Yes. Yeah. Because, of course, when it first came out, it was supposed to be a one-off, absolute one-off episode, and there was not supposed to be any sequels. And it has to be continued on it. Yeah. Only from VHS. The original cinema version doesn't have it on. And it was Universal Studios trying to convince Zemeckis and Gale to do a, a sequel put yeah. to be continued on the end of the VHS copy to go, we've done it now. You've got to come back and write a sequel. And everyone, yeah, there's going to be a sequel. But yeah, the original version, it was it was supposed to be a one-off. There wasn't supposed to be a sequel. There you go. I, 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 that's some, I've learned something. You've learned something. Oh, that's something good. that's been in my life for so long. Because <laughs> it's, what is it, 85? So it's... 85, yeah. Took but, till 89 to do a sequel. Yeah. I, I remember the wait for the sequel. Yeah. And the getting so excited over the fact that it's it seemed to be taking forever. Yeah, but it did. I, I think around then, the only films that were like sequels were things like Jaws and Jaws 2. Yeah, Star Wars. Ghostbusters was out around then, and then Ghostbusters 2, and, yeah. and all these Star Warses. So the, the sequels were already there. So if I wanted to see a film and then the next film, it had already been made, or it was only about a year wait. So the yeah. Back to the Future, when I just remember feeling like I waited for years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And only a few years back, I was looking to see what when they were released. Yeah. And I was shocked that it was actually only 85 to 89. Yeah, yeah, it was only four so years, I, yeah, yeah. If anyone would have asked, I'd have said it would have been a lot longer. Yeah, I, I must admit, it, it did seem like, I suppose, 89, it was probably 1990 before it hit UK. Um, and then yeah. Back to the Future 3 would have been 91, probably by the time here in the UK. Because I'm just thinking, Back to the Future was... Back to back. Yeah, Back to the Future Part 1 was December 85 in the UK. So most of us probably saw it in 86. Yeah. I know I went to the cinema in 86 and saw it in 86. Because um, I am old enough to have done that and to have been to see a film of that age group. There you go. It's because I'm older than you. <laughs> yeah, so, because um, I think this, this is the interesting thing about it. Because it was designed as a sort of single person or single film, um, yeah. the hero arc in it, so Marty McFly's hero arc, because he's the hero of our film, is the most selfish hero arc of any film. Okay? Yeah. If you look at it just the first film, because actually he's in a, a rubbish kind of like he's got a fairly good life actually but his parents are a bit weird you know his dad's yeah. picked on by biff his mum's a bit of a prude he goes back in time and mentors his father to be a better man so when he gets yeah. back to the future suddenly he's got a much better life and his dad's rich and his mum's not a prude anymore and his dad's not picked on he doesn't but learn anything <laughs> he he doesn't he doesn't do that on purpose, though. No, he doesn't. He, no, he's not. He, he's his selfishness, his reason is brought about because he sees he's disappearing in that photo. Yes, true, true. So he he needs to. It is selfish, but he needs to bring himself back to life. Yeah, and it's by consequence of that that all the other stuff happened to his parents. Yeah, I suppose so. so yes. Yeah, there are selfish <laughs> reasons, but I don't think it's any sort of maliciousness. No, no, no. No, I just think it, it's yeah. odd that as a, a sort of, as Marty McFly is the hero of our piece, if you like, that he's actually a mentor 
to yeah. the real hero because George, this should be George McFly's story. Because actually, if George yeah. McFly went back in time, knowing what he knows about his life in the future and redid his life in the way that he did, there's kind of, he might have learned something there. He's learned how to stick up for himself and stand up to bullies and whatever else. And there's kind of more to his hero arc, if you like, than there is to Marty's. Just wonder what you thought about it. <laughs> I, I, I've never thought about it like that. <laughs> I might have to go rewatch the film with that in mind. Yeah, uh, yeah, I, I can see why. Well, yeah, it, it is about. I, yeah, I can see the angle. It's about George McFly's learning to become a better, uh, well, not necessarily a better person, but learning to become a stronger person. Yes. Yes. Yeah, and Marty's making him realise that, but it's again, it goes back to that selfish reasons. Marty's just doing it. It's all a byproduct of him being there. Yeah, yeah. And it's the oh, there's a scientific phrase about the butterfly effect. Yes, where you can you can't go back in time and just observe because your observance itself is creating change and it's it's affecting the environment. You can't observe without affecting. Yeah, what you're observing. Yeah, uh, yeah. Because as soon as he yeah. goes back in time, he changes the the timeline, doesn't he? Because the the first thing he pretty much does is he saves his dad from being knocked over. Oh well, no. The the first thing he does is he destroys a pine. Well, yes, coming yes. out of the Twin Pines Mall, and of course, it, that yes. then becomes Lone Pine Mall. It does. Yes, that is that is yeah. the first thing. Does you're right. That changes the timeline yeah. straight away because it. Yeah. Twin Pines becomes Lone Pine. Yeah. yeah. But then, <laughs> after running away from the farmer, having been shot at, um, and driving off, yeah. his space meeting suit. his dad in the the rest the, the cafe. Yes. He then follows I mean, him, doesn't he? he? You, you could, might argue that he actually he changed the future at the point that he intervened with Biff. Yes, yeah, suppose so. Yes, you got, we've no idea what happened at that point. Anyway, true, true. So, so yeah, because yeah, that—that's not something that has ever been told to him, I suppose, in the stories of his parents' youth. Because yeah, his... I think he's become aware that Biff's a bully. Yes, yes. Because he, think... he destroyed the car right at the beginning, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. Well, that—that's yeah. the whole thing, isn't it? That he's—that's um, where we find out his mum's a bit of a prude, uh, or certainly his. Yeah. Mum in the timeline he came from is a bit of a prude. Um, yeah. Because she doesn't agree with him going off camping with his girlfriend in the van and whatever else. And yeah. And Biff's then destroyed despite the car. The fact that we learn. Yeah. <laughs> despite the fact we learned that she did all that anyway. Yes. Yes. That she was um, definitely not a prude in her, her youth. There, there is one thing about the film. It's It's probably one of the most densely packed films for um, exposition right at the beginning. Because you learn you learn yeah. about the jobs of the brother and the sister, what characters they're like. You learn yep. the behaviourisms of the mother and the father, the father yep. bullied by death, um, the fact that he, what he thinks of them yep. and how he's got his own aspirations. Um, yep. his, you learn about his girlfriend. Yep. Um, 
and then the whole Doc Brown thing, and there's a scientist that's doing something crazy. There's even the scene the opening credits with the news report about the plutonium that's been stolen. Yeah, so, yeah. And they cram so much in there. Oh, there's, there's loads, isn't there? You've got to really pay attention. It is one where that if you've never seen it before, you can watch it again and start noticing. Oh, yes. yeah, that's there and that's there. and Yeah, yeah. It's, def- it's definitely one of those films that you spot more on your, your second viewing than your first viewing. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes you're third and you're fourth. <laughs> yeah, it probably yeah. is even more because there's there's bits that you even spot. And certainly, if you then watch the sequels, um, you'll spot even more things because obviously, Back to the Future Part Two re goes over the same type of ground as Back to the Future. So you spot even yeah. more things in that that then you'd see in the the first one again if you watched it. Yeah, yeah. Same with the third one as well. Yes, there, there are things in the third one that you can see. Oh, that's the equivalent of the first one and yes. just read on that scene and yeah. there is a lot of repetition in the trilogy oh yeah there is a lot of scenes yeah but I think that they said that when they released the second one they said yeah what people want from a sequel is they want the first film again so yep. we're going to give them the first film again but from a slightly different angle yeah and they they did work I mean the sequel's not the greatest film ever ever made it's not no but not they, at all <laughs> they they at least did the work to make sure there was a different perspective on certain angles yeah so they, they made the attempt to see what 2015 was like yes we now learned that they were wrong <laughs> um, just a little bit <laughs> yes um, i only have one we have one tiny office <laughs> Yeah, I, I do rem- need to put my um, hover car in for an MOT. I've got to remember <laughs> to do that after this. But we're but, going, going, we don't need roads. Yeah, no, yeah, we do. <laughs> yep. And we still but, do. Yeah, they, they did a good job of, of trying to give it a different perspective. The second half of the sequel is definitely better than the first yes. when they go back to 1955 again and we get yeah. to see everything from different angles. Yeah. Um, but they didn't, as much as they repeated the first film again, in some respect, they didn't fall into the trap of like Terminator and Terminator 2. Yeah. Where Terminator 2 is essentially the exact same film. They've even got the big truck chase at the end. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. In a foundry. And yeah. just introduced a different protagonist and made the Terminator the good guy this yeah. time. Yeah, absolutely. It is. It's, it's the exactly same film. the same film as the first one. Yeah, just... Slightly different, ramped up yeah. the power of the Terminator and gave him a better assailant yeah. in Arnie being another Terminator against him. Yeah, yeah. Whereas yeah. Back to the Future Three mm-hmm. is the same film as the first one because mm. all they've done is replace the fact they need gigawatts and electricity. Yeah, um, it's Doc Brown that's going to die. Not yes, Martin. true. Doesn't yes, need to save him. And they're working up to the end of the film where the DeLorean will go back to the future. Yeah, I and suppose so, yeah. he gets there, they've changed things from the past. Yeah, and got it all back uh, to the way it should yeah. be. Yeah. Yeah. So the yeah. third film is a definite repeat of the first. It is, just with a slightly just different with idea behind it. Cowboys yeah. House, yeah. Yeah, because Biff's still there, and they still have the chase through um, Hill Valley. And it still ends up with Biff getting covered in a load of horse manure, which yep. is exactly what happens in 1955. <laughs> I seem to which remember. You understand why the family don't like manure. Yes, absolutely. Don't like there it at all. Some things, 
you know, there were some scenes cut out of the sequel where after this is part two, right? After Biff had traveled back and stolen the DeLorean, yeah, gone back to 55 and came back to 2015, there was a scene cut out where he was dying and well, he actually faded into oblivion. Ah, right, which suggests that in the alternate timeline with his vast wealth and his the way he's living his life, he didn't live to be that age anymore. Right. So there were a few scenes that were cut out, so him fading into nothingness. Yeah, so was, it was cut. Yeah. It so was the... it was literally as he got out of the car, as he got out of the DeLorean, which you do see. You do. And he, he does stumble. He stumbles with his cane. Yeah, he yeah. stumbles with his cane and he stumbles away like there's something wrong with him. Right. Um there's a scene where he goes behind a dumpster. And he just fades into nothingness. Which would make perfect sense, because, yeah, his 1985 version of him, yeah. the, the the future 1985, the alternate 1985 version of him, is, yeah, living life to pretty much excess. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, maybe he didn't then make it the next 30 years. That would make a lot of sense. Yeah. But I didn't did, know yeah, that. I think, I think they cut it out purely because... It raises too many questions, like if he's fading, why is the rest of the world not fading? Why aren't things starting to affect and change? Yeah. And you get into your whole paradox of the, they're on, technically that's the original timeline, and when they go back, they're on the tangent timeline. And you can get into the whole discussion with people about how time travel works, because it's different in every film. Yeah, because actually... Mean, like, the Back to the Future film, but in, in every different film, that they approach it differently anyway. Yeah, because actually, if, if Biff's gone back in time and changed time and then come back, he should, the same as Marty and Doc, have gone back to the alternate timeline and not the one that Marty and Doc were in, which yeah. means the DeLorean would never have got back to them for them to go back and fix it. But then <laughs> they would have, then Doc wouldn't, he ended up being committed, so he would never have built the time machine. So therefore, he would have never gone forward in time. Oh, God. And therefore, Biff would never have been able to steal the time machine. And you, you can do this yeah. whole cycle. Yeah, you can, can't you? Yeah. Let, what let's, could and couldn't happen. Let's not yeah. go into the timey wimey stuff because it's just. Yeah. A bit wibbly wobbly. <laughs> it's very wibbly wobbly. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll stick with what happened. Let's just stick with the first one. <laughs> yeah. Because actually, they, he only travels back. And when he travels back to the future, he travels back to his alternate timeline. His original timeline presumably disappeared at some point. Yeah. And so the, as he was fading out, that was him fading from his original timeline. And when he came back, that's his new timeline sort of establishing itself, I assume. Yeah. If we go for that, then it sounds like it makes sense, I think. <laughs> yeah. I think um, the, the, the ancient in um, Endgame explained it good with the lines and all that stuff. <laughs> yeah. But that's a different universe entirely. It's a completely different yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, okay, so let's just think then. Uh, so the, the film's basically, it's a very simple film, a very, very, very simplistic film. Um, the whole point is, I suppose, that Doc's built his time machine. He's stolen some plutonium. Um in order that he wants to go and see the future. Because that's the point, isn't it? The doc wants to go to the future, not the past. Yeah. Um, he puts in the date in 1955, because that's the day that he invented or thought up the flux capacitor, which powers the time machine. Yes. 
So it's only by accident, really, that Marty ends up in the past. Because I yeah. guess Doc was going to set it to the future, but then the terrorists arrive at just the wrong point in order to send him back. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of stuff in that, that first bit. I don't know if you, you noticed, but the first sort of part of the film, um, Marty is barely ever on stage with anyone else in the film. Um, there's lots of reaction shots from Michael J. Fox, because obviously Eric yeah. Stoltz was meant to play Marty McFly and did shoot yeah. quite a lot of scenes. Um, they apparently didn't reshoot. Right for the part. No, well, they always wanted Michael J. Fox, but he was current, right. he was doing Family Ties at the time, um, yeah. and they couldn't he couldn't get away to get out of it. Um, and when they decided Eric wasn't right for the part, they went back to Michael J. Fox, who worked something out. Apparently, he came from his the set of the sitcom to Back to the Future so every doing night. Family ties, yeah, in the day, yeah. and then Back to yeah. the Future at night. Yeah. yeah, so he was just constantly filming things. But yeah, there's a lot of scenes that they apparently didn't reshoot. Really so what you see is, I don't know, Doc on screen, and then you'll just see a reaction shot from Marty because he wasn't there when Doc said those things. So there's a lot of that yeah. in this first one that yeah. I, I noticed when I was rewatching it. And I think it's because I'd read that, um, that I did notice that there's a lot of times where it doesn't look like anyone's talking to Michael J. Fox, that he's somewhere else or in a different time zone to everybody else. Hey, yeah. weird when it's about time travel. Yeah. I know there's, I've heard that there are some scenes with Eric Stoltz still in the film. Like yeah, distant shots or something. I, I um, think yeah, when he's running across that's the a long time ago. Yeah, yeah, when he's running across the twin, <coughs> twin poles, the the Twin Pines Mall car park. Apparently, that's yeah. Eric Stoltz that's running across, and not Michael J. Fox. But yeah, who knows? But would Eric Stoltz be as bigger? Because he'd already in the eighties, he'd done quite a few of those John Hughes films. He had, yes. He was, he, was quite big. he appeared in a few of them, and so he was starting to forge a career for himself. I just mm. wonder if if he'd actually continued and if he'd actually been in Back to the Future, would he have had a better career? Very possibly, because certainly from a a worldwide point of view, Michael J. Fox wasn't known outside of America. You know, Family Ties was obviously a big sitcom in America, but it wasn't in England. We didn't know him. No. The first thing that I think I ever saw him in was would have been Back to the Future. Um, yeah. You know, he popped up in other things after that with Teen Wolf and things like that afterwards. Success yeah, and yeah, he had quite a successful. He had a huge career, career afterwards. In yeah, the yeah. the back end of the eighties, but then he went back on towards doing TV, didn't he? With, I think um, he did. Yeah, Spin City. That was it. Yeah, Spin City. Yeah, that was his sitcom yeah. afterwards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. He did some voice work as well. Um, I'm sure he did. He'll have done loads of stuff like yeah, that, I'm sure. I know that you were in a few cartoons. He was the voice of that little mouse guy. Um, little mouse guy. <laughs> little mouse, little white mouse guy. Uh, Stuart Little. Oh, right, yes, yeah. Yeah. Yes. He did the voice of that. So. Yeah. Yeah. That was possibly after his Parkinson's um, diagnosis, though. So he wasn't yeah, that, acting on screen as much, so he was doing voice work. Yeah, that came out late 90s. So. Could be, yeah. I think it was late 90s. Yeah. It'd been around the time that he was in Spin City. Yeah, it might have been, yes. Yeah, so he might not have. 
Yeah. That, mm. that ran for late 90s into 2000 and something. Some of that, yeah. Yeah, I do. I yeah. remember watching some of them at some point yeah. in my youth. <laughs> anyway, should we get back to the film? Come on, yes, what we're going to say about <laughs> We're talking all sorts, so it's fine. It's good to have stuff like this in it. Um, yeah. well, go on. The one thing the film did also do for me, apart from making me think that time travel was possible, <laughs> was it has made me want to have a DeLorean. Well, yeah. For forever. Yes. Because <laughs> I, ju- I just, I've, I, I didn't know anything about DeLoreans. Yeah. I'd never heard of them until that film. Yeah. Um, and the you could delve into the whole past of DeLorean and how oh, yeah. he managed to get all that money off Margaret Thatcher and yeah. Then, and it all just disappeared and it was the right scam and part yeah. of that was brought into the film with it having a terrible engine and all yes. putting out because and the the going doors not going up and yes it, it was because it was quite a shoddily made car yeah yeah but i still wanted one well yes i think everyone did but i mean the, yeah. just trying to think um delorean were out of business by 85 you know, yeah. they, they weren't making DeLoreans in 1985, so it was it was the most, I suppose, ridiculous car in some ways to pick as his time machine. But then, on the other hand, why wouldn't you? If you could, it's an absolute perfect car because it, it yeah. looks like a spaceship, so it makes a perfect yeah. time machine because it looks like a spaceship. The gullwing doors and everything like that, it's, it's a great shape for one. I can't imagine any other car being that time machine. No. There was something a long time ago that I have a vague memory of, and it was like a behind the scenes of Back to the Future. Right. And I have a vague memory of different cars that were being drawn up as being, but every single one of them was a sporty car. Yeah, yeah, would ha- would have to and, be. And this, yeah, this might be a false memory, but every single one was sport, uh, like a sporty little two seater or something. Yeah. But yeah, they, they definitely made the right choice with the Lorian. It's, yeah, it's iconic. It's, well, it, and, it is. Yeah, every everyone and wants was, a DeLorean now because of it. <laughs> yeah, there, there was a thing I, you know, where they have those events where everyone brings their movie cars. Yes, and there's usually a, um, a Ghostbusters Ecto one yeah, and yeah. the eighteen van. And yeah, 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 yeah. There, there was one I went to um, maybe five years ago. Yeah, and there must have been about four DeLoreans there. There was one. <laughs> There was one that was just a DeLorean. It was yeah. it didn't have any of the done nothing to it on it. Yeah, but the, there were another three there that were just had all the machines on it, and <laughs> put the circuits in and a, a yeah, blender on the back. I got there, but yeah, and they were all they're all Back to the Future too. So they had the blender on the black back. Yeah, not not, not the first one. film or the last one. Yeah, they were all set up like the one with the blender, and. <laughs> So I think the only other car that beat it in the amount of times that you could see it somewhere is Kit from Night Rider. Yeah, because everyone does that's, that one. Yeah, I think that's a lot easier to do than. Well, yeah, you just have time machine flashing light on the front. That's all you need, isn't it? A couple of LEDs. Yeah. <laughs> Got yeah. it. Tinted windows. Yeah, yeah, it's all decked out inside. Yeah. You just can't see it. Looks the same inside. I promise you. Yeah. 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 <laughs> in fact, in thinking about it. There's not a lot you would have to do even on the inside to make it look like kit. You just need a little flashing light. Uh, a couple of what is it? Windscreens and tape recorder. <laughs> and you need to chop the top and bottom off your steering wheel. Oh, yeah. 
But don't Trans Ams have their students like that anyway? Isn't no. that just the Trans Am thing? No, it was... Um, was it specially made? Thing. How was it? I, I think it was a prop that was taken out of something else. All right, okay. But, yeah, it was specially made for that. Yeah, there you go. So. I've learned something new as well. Yeah. <laughs> you no, know, the Trans Ams have regular steering wheels. I thought they had these... There's probably some legal requirement. <laughs> <laughs> Could be, actually. I'm not sure. Yeah. Actually, Back to the Future is one of my favourite films as well. It probably hits my list of favourite films. Um, I've seen it many, many times. It's probably one of my favourite films for different reasons to you. It was probably one of the first films I actually went to see um, without my parents at the cinema. So I think it it was one of those ones for me that, you know, went off the cinema with a group of mates and we went to see a film without any parents nearby. So that's a very different thing. But for me, it was that it's that thing of American high school, always in American TVs, TV shows, films, whatever. It always looked so cool, and all the kids always looked so much older than us. And obviously, they were. I mean, you know, all of the actors in this would be in their twenties, possibly thirties, yeah. by the time they were acting as high school kids who were supposed to be the same age as me at the time. But yeah, it's it's that whole depiction of high school life in America, the whole John Hughes thing, and things like that. Are you drawn to anything like that within it from the point of view of high school and what was? But, I mean, you, I suppose you were much younger. You weren't even high school, were you? So. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, we are just getting towards high school. I, I do remember there was, there was a definite increase in kids wearing body warmers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it had been a bit of a phase in the 80s. Everyone had them anywhere. They did, yeah. Um, there was a bit more of an increase of, of people wearing them and skateboards as well. Skateboards, um, yeah, they took off wearing, again, yeah. 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 Not literally as um, they do in Battle of the Future 2, obviously, but... <laughs> no, because that's not come out yet. So exactly, yeah. We didn't know. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then we did get a hoverboard, but it's rubbish. Uh, <laughs> it really works on metal, doesn't it? No, I mean the, the ones with the two wheels. Oh, they they're, not, they're not hoverboards. They've yeah. got wheels. No. Yeah. <laughs> But no, yeah, I think it influenced school because I was at that age where you wanted to, all, all your mates wanted to just emulate the films. Yes, yeah. So a few of them had seen it, and, and you started getting the things like being it's heavy and that. Yeah, kids yeah. in my school actually said that, and so some of the things came across. But yeah, it's that all those films around that time made you wonder why your school was so strict. Why did we have a uniform policy? Yeah. When all the kids in America could drive cars and wear yeah. what they wanted. Yeah. Yeah. They're all driving. They all wear what they like. They bring their guitars. Yeah. They come in late to school every day. And yeah. yeah. American schools just look so much better than ours. I think one of the things about the film that's endured for me is, is it's pop cultureness. Yes. So it's it clearly has affected so many people to yep. make it just such an important film for them in their lives that it's you see it popping up in references like Family Guy have regularly yeah. done little cutaways that involve yep. Back to the Future. Yeah, they Lego released the DeLorean yeah. about five years ago, which yep. was one of their quickest selling ideas. Um, the idea range that they had where people can vote on which Lego set should be made next. Yeah, it was one of yeah. the fastest selling ones. When it was, yeah, it was quick. And yeah. it was a good one as well because you could turn it into all 
the versions of the DeLorean. Make all three different versions of it. Yeah. And there's rumours they're going to be releasing a big one. Are they? A proper... Yeah, so that might be coming out soon. Yeah. Ooh, I might have to get that one. <laughs> yeah, I'll be saving my pennies for that one. I, I never got the other one, so... Um, yeah. But then it crossed over into other bits of media. So the book Ready Player One. Yes. Which has now been turned into a film. Yep. Um, the film has him having the car, but in the book, there's a lot more features. There is. Um, and there's a lot more references to the actual DeLorean in the car that I think the time circuits were. Yes, I think, well. I think they did, yeah. I, I'm trying to remember yeah. it's ages since I've read the book, to be honest. Um, I've just finished Ready Player 2, so I can't yeah. remember what went on Ready Player 1. <laughs> it's been a while since I read it as well. Yeah. But yeah, but I, I, I have watched I mean, obviously, I have watched that film sorry. several times. Yeah, yeah. But it's Ready Player 1, though, is... is Steel, Steven Spielberg's homage to himself to a certain point. He homages most yeah. of his films during the course of that. And obviously he had a big part in Back to the Future. Uh, I think he's executive producer on it, but he got Robert Zemeckis the, I suppose, everything together to be able to let him get into that filmmaking. Zemeckis had worked with Spielberg on other films in the past. So there's there's a big link to Spielberg within Back to the Future, which he's then taken forward into Freddy Player One. So. so we're talking about Family Guy doing tributes to Back to the Future. Seth MacFarlane had that film, um, Million Ways to Die in the West. Yes. And in there, there's a cameo of Doc Brown with the DeLorean. Does he? And it's just for a few seconds. Yeah, he's, he's looking for, I think he's looking for the female character in the film. Right. And he, he comes across a barn and there's a bit of a strange light coming out of it. And he opens the door to see what's going on. Yeah. And it's Doc Brown hastily covering up the DeLorean. Ah, right. I don't remember and that. Yeah. But... Yeah. He asks him some random question and then he goes, oh, uh, uh, yeah. And then he leaves him. And that's it. He's, he's not in the film for any other reason. Just to do that. There's just a few seconds where it, oh, it looks like a million ways to learn the rest is set in Hill Valley in 1885. Wow. I'll, I'll have to... Um... I'll have to rewatch that now to see that. So. Yeah. <laughs> All these links. Yeah. Yeah. So you you were talking about pop culture references, and then we suddenly went off to um, Ready Player One, and that's a different stuff pop culture. The different pop culture. Yeah. What other things then? I mean, obviously, Glory and Ready Player One. What other places do you think it's it's popping up? Obviously, there's Lego. Um, there's, I'm trying to think. You could get Playmobil sets. Is recently. there a Playmobil set? There is a Playmobil DeLorean, and you can even buy the. Um, Doc Brown in his 1953 gear, as well as the wow. uh, radioactive suit. I think you get the radioactive suit with the DeLorean. Yeah. And then there's a separate set which has got them both in what they were in 1950. Wow. 1955. Yeah. 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 Cool. So doing that, and there's probably countless references to Most films, isn't it? All over the place. Yeah. 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 It does get mentioned a lot. Obviously, it's got. Um, yeah. The one thing I remember, obviously, films of that time um, always had to have a cracking theme song. Um, and this one's yeah. got Huey Lewis in the news with Power of Love. It was massive at the time because of the film. It, it falls into that 1980. It hit the sweet stop of 1980s yeah. Howell Ballad. <laughs> and, and it has nothing to do oh, with not the, at all, no. the film. There's a love story going through. So, yeah, yeah. the Power of Love. But yeah, it was just, it was the right sort yeah, of music for yeah. that film. And obviously, Michael J. Fox manages to do a, a terrible cover version of it for his his band, 
uh, audition for getting into the thing. Oh, with, yes. with Huey Lewis as one of the judges as well, just to to keep that cameo in. Yeah, that was, I think, probably one of the first bits of trivia I well, found the, out about. That Huey Lewis was future. actually one of the judges. Yeah. Yeah, he was in the film <laughs> as one of the judges because nowadays you can go on mm. various websites and find out all the insider knowledge. About loads film. of stuff, yeah. But back in the 80s and 90s, we oh, didn't no. have that luxury. And you'd, you'd find it out in yeah, yeah. magazine or something. Yeah. Be a random comment like did you know yeah. that this happened <laughs> and you'll go oh, wow really yeah. <laughs> yeah amazing stuff yeah there was also the very short-lived um cartoon series as well what's there did you what's know there a was back that? to future cartoon series yeah. yeah it was set after the right film. so doc brown doc brown had his train <laughs> <laughs> and it was around, it mainly centered around his kids. Oh, right, okay. So the two kids you meet at the end of Back right. to the Future Free, and it was them going and having adventures in the DeLorean with Marty wow. and, and Doc, and just, and it, it fell into that category of kids' yeah. show where there was always a lesson yes. to be learned. Yes. And a moral yes. of the story. So they all went off on some adventure, and it, there was usually some tie-in, like they're doing a history yeah. project on yeah. Lord and Seer. Yeah. So they went back to see her, and and the, everything tied in with that. And then invariably stuff went wrong, so they had to find it, fix find it, way yeah. The DeLorean back, to yeah, you. yeah, get there. all that stuff. But yeah, it had a it had a cartoon series wow. that ran. I think that was the early nineties, but I, I don't think it had many. It episodes. sounds like the the terrible Bill and Ted cartoon series that did as well, which sounds like exactly the same thing. Bill and Ted go off in a time machine yeah, and similar sort of go thing, through yeah. history and solve problems. What are your favourite bits of the film? Which are the bits of the film that just stand out in your head? You go, oh, that's the bit that you're waiting for. You know, you, you switch on the film and go, I'm waiting for this bit. It's the good bit coming up now. I think throughout the film, the, yes. the music and the cues of the music, the, the theme as well. The da da yeah. da, just that when it comes in, the yeah, you know something's going to happen. And those three notes, you know that some, and when it's flicking between two different scenes, the the music goes like so. When Doc's on the clock tower and Marty's trying to race the yeah, yeah. it's flicking between the two. The the scarring of the whole the film and and also the chess scene yes. with the skateboard. Yeah. It's just it's so on point and on cues and it gets that tune yeah. running through. And but they're not just the dramatic things. Whenever there's like an interesting bit of a note that you need to pay attention to that, there's like that little sort of noise. There's a, a little yeah. sender that's only a few notes long. And you just know instinctly. My my sister has that as her um uh, right. alert on her phone. <laughs> So whenever you get that, and I still, if I'm around at her house and I hear that go off, I, I still think... Something's oh, going to happen happened. now. Something's dramatic. <laughs> something, I need to look at something. It's like, it, it's a key trigger, and it's throughout the film, the, yeah. the scarring is, and as much as we criticise yeah. the power of love, the the actual soundtrack... It is, yeah. yeah. That, and it carries through. For the actual film itself, it's the... I think your first real big highlight is the chase scene where he first goes back to 1955. Yeah. 
So it's the and the music it plays does, a massive yeah. part in that. So, and and it builds yeah. up and it builds up. And then as he goes back to the future and there's the flashes yeah. of light, the music yeah. just stops. It just gets to that point where it it's he's back in the past now. So it's not yeah. dramatic anymore. He's, he's escaped. And yeah. yeah. And it's learning that he's travelled back in time. He's he's just yeah. That that's like the key point of it sets it up does, the yes, story yeah. at that point. Yeah. So that's the we've had all that yes. exposition, and now we're into the film proper. Now we can actually get yeah. back to the future. Yeah, the whole point of the the name. So that, that, <laughs> yeah, that's the point yeah. that goes around. And I always like a film that references itself, right? So the scene in Doc's lab where they learn about the lightning and the 20, yep. 21 gigawatts yep. of electricity. And he says, next Saturday night, we're sending you back yeah. to the future. I always love use, the film that uses their own title. Its, yeah. its title yeah. at some point. Yeah. And it's even better when it's a quirky yeah. title like Back to the yeah. Future. And he says it in such a dramatic way yeah. as well. It's not, we're sending you back to the future. It's, we're sending you back to the future. And it's, it's much more dramatic yes. than just uh, we're going to send you back then. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Next Saturday yeah, night is that right for you? you? Yeah, there's yeah. going to be a lightning strike. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but that's again that's part of that expedition exposition that you talked about. They set all that up with the whole thing yeah. of meeting the the woman who's got the flyers about the clock tower that he just happens to stick one in his pocket, so he takes that back with him to the past, otherwise yeah. he wouldn't have known about it when it was going to hit and all that type of thing. Um, it, there's so much set up in that first part, as you say, talking about the families, what jobs they do, meeting Mayor Goldie Wilson being on all the things, and then obviously he gets back to 55 and meets yeah. Goldie Wilson, who at that point is just a... Isn't he, is he, does he work in the shop? Is he cleaning the floors? He's, he's sweeping the floors, the yeah. Floor. Of the um, yeah, the cafe, and he, he yeah. says just something off. Of, well, you're going to be mayor. What a great idea! I'll run for man. He's off. So, yeah, but that again is that's now we're going to mess about timey wimey stuff again now. Because if Marty had never said, "But you're going to be mayor," would he ever thought of running for mayor? And therefore, how did Marty know? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Self-fulfilling yeah, yeah, he prophecy. set himself up again. Yeah. Okay, so we've got the chase scenes with all the fantastic music, um, the way it self-references itself. What other sort of major points are that you're kind of, you're really waiting for? The the fight in the diner that leads to yeah. the skateboard chase. Yeah. That made me want to, to basically learn how to ride a skateboard. <laughs> and did you? After that, well, after about 10 minutes, I decided that, no, there was other things I could do with my life. Fair enough. <laughs> um, too many injuries. Yeah. Uh, I, I just don't have that no. balance. I can balance yeah. a bike. That's just going left and right, but some of that can go oh, yeah. in any yeah. direction. Yeah, I, I never got yeah. skateboards. Everyone wanted skateboards yeah. back in they the did. late 80s, but, yeah, I came to the conclusion I couldn't yeah. ride it. So I was... I was unfortunately never going to be able to get away no. from this. <laughs> I ever got... The thing is, Mar- Marty rides a skateboard but... like nobody ever did because or- they already show us that you know he can hang on yeah. the back of a van no problem whilst standing on his skateboard because they set that up on his way to school, don't they? That's yeah. how he gets to school in the morning. 
on his skateboard, hanging off the back of a van, yeah. and then goes from that to another bit to another bit. And yeah, he was a, an excellent skateboard rider. But, yeah, that was incredibly yeah. jealous. <laughs> As was the kid who's forty broke, who then be, probably became the coolest kid in Hill Valley, I assume. Rips yeah. his front off his fort, and suddenly he's got a skateboard. And this kid's going to try riding a skateboard now, and be the first person to ride a skateboard. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Actually, he invents a lot of things because he invents the skateboard in '55. But then, back in the Wild West, doesn't he invent the frisbee? Isn't the make of pie um, frisbee? Yeah. It, <laughs> Well, the history of the Frisbee is, is, is exactly that. It was Frisbee Pie right. Company, yeah. And and they actually printed Frisbee on their pie. So the referencing that that's how Frisbee right. came about, they were just printed on it. So to use it in that way, maybe he helped put that idea in yeah, somebody's fair head. Enough. But that, that is how right, Frisbees okay. came about, from people realising the that they these pie dishes. See, I didn't know that. And they're called Frisbee, yeah. They're called Frisbee because it's written on, on, the, on the pie case. Pie. Well, there you go. I thought yeah. that was something that had kind of gone, oh, look, that would be a really good idea. We'll pretend that's how Frisbees were made. And it just gives Marty something else he's yeah, invented. Right. That that was one of the few things that I actually knew about before right. I saw okay. that film. Yeah. So when he saw it and, and went, oh, Frisbee, <laughs> look at that. I actually sort of knew what they were right. referencing. Right. Whereas a lot of people might have watching it going, oh, why have they put a pie tin? Yeah. Frisbee? Well, I kind of went, I yeah. went from the other point of view. Well, the, the, that's how they invented frisbee sort of thing. I didn't realise there was a, a truth behind the story. Yeah, I just thought, oh well, that's that's what they've made yeah. up. Yeah, but he invents other things because he invents rock and roll. Because we have him at the yeah. enchantment under the sea dance, and um, Marvin Berry, Chuck's brother, presumably, yeah. doesn't he ring his? Doesn't he ring cousin? His yeah, cousin. he rings Chuck on the phone, doesn't he? Goes, yeah. you gotta listen to this kid. And obviously invents rock and roll at that point. Yeah. What else does he invent? I'm sure there's other things he invented during the course of it. <laughs> other than time travel, obviously. Although it's become a pop culture itself, it references pop culture from the 50s and the 80s very well as well. And, oh, even, yeah. and you know, you go into the sequels yeah. and it happens even more with the, the Jaws hologram that comes out and things like that. You know, it, it's yeah. it does a good job of of keeping itself very much in the present and showing that you know we know what we're talking about. We're in this time zone. This is what we do, and we're going to show you all the things that definitely happened. Now in fifty five, we're going to reference what's going on in fifty five correctly in the way that it, it's doing things. They, they also that they even play tribute to films as well. So the he's waking up in his mum's bed asking yes. for a dream. That's that's a yep. Wizard of Oz. Yep. So the the referencing that the the TV programs are watching is saying that. Yes, I've seen this one. I saw yes. it on a rerun. That's um, the that's Jackie Gleason, isn't it? It's the Spaceman, that. which yeah, it is. It is a classic in American comedy, and yeah, then they're watching it. Yeah. They watch that at the start, don't they? He's watching it at the start with his dad in the house, and then he watches it again yeah. with Lorraine's family when he's been. Knocked over, and yeah, that's when he says it's a classic. Yeah, yeah, and when he when he wakes up, George with the Van yes. Halen tape, <laughs> and he says Darth he Vader. is Darth Vader from the yes. planet Vulcan. So you got Star Wars and Planet Star Vulcan. Trek. So you got Star Trek. 
in his radioactive yeah, suit. And he, I think he says something like Yuri's only. I think so, only yes. Hope, which you could say Star Wars as well. So there's there's clearly things that have influenced yes. Marty that he's yeah. taking yeah. back to then. But that, that's another great thing about this film. It's so Oh, cool. absolutely. There's, there's so many quotes. You, someone could reel off a random quote from like every five yes. minutes in the film and you yeah. know which one they were talking yeah. about. There's, there's loads of stuff in, isn't it? Because there's, as you said, yeah. the, the kids in your school were all, everything became heavy. Um, yeah. I think they were at my school as well. Um, everyone talking about things being heavy, and heavy became a, a, a new word to use. Um, and I see everyone that picked up their skateboards as well. But yeah, there was the, where we're going, we don't need roads. That got, people would just say that for yeah. jokes and whatever else. I'm sure it was on, I'm sure I heard it on pilot a pilot at some point in time saying it on a TV program, getting into his planning and work and we don't need roads and that type of thing. I'm sure it's been used in that way before. I thought I enjoy the whole film. All the mm. action scenes are really good. There's loads of action scenes. I do enjoy yeah. I do enjoy the ones where they're all that work that they did at the beginning to lay all yep. that in, all that um yep. exposition. It slowly gets unraveled. It does, yeah. Film. Like you were saying with Mayor Gordon Wilson yeah. and all the things you find. Did throwing the cake down at the beginning about Uncle yeah. Joey, who didn't yeah. get parole again. And we meet him and yeah. he's in a playpen and he never yeah. likes being coming out. It doesn't you say, get used to those bars. Something like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 No, there is. I mean, and it, it's almost like. The the film was written in two halves. They just wrote, let's set up yeah. all these things and then we'll spend the next hour showing Using how they're them, Yeah, because they, they do. It is yeah. completely everything in that exposition at the start. And it is, I suppose, to a certain extent, it's quite slow going that first bit. Although there's lots happens, it's a slow sort of burn into what is essentially the main story, because the main story happens in 55, because that's the whole point of it, getting about the yeah. future. But... If you didn't have it, the film would be just a completely... You wouldn't know what was going on. You need all of that exposition just to let all of the gags actually play off and the story play off properly. Yeah. And The the, the opening scene um, where he goes into the docks, you, you yeah. learn about Doc's house and all the... Yeah, all, all his clocks, the yeah. And you don't nope. see Marty until he comes out yeah. of the bookcase after he's destroyed <laughs> all the shelving and everything yes. with speakers. And and the first dialogue is between the phone call yes. and Doc Brown. And that is essentially setting up the let's meet at yes. Times Mall yeah. at this time. And then Marty yeah. goes to school, he meets Jennifer, yeah. he goes home, we learn about the car, we learn about Biff, we get yeah. to meet family. And then he goes to bed. And all that over the course of those 15 minutes, you sort of forget that He's supposed yeah. to go meet Doc Brown. Yeah, because it did, and so much so that he forgets as well, and he, he has to be woken yeah. up by a phone call. Yeah, because it's it's almost like a yeah. different story than happens. We then get into a, a typical American high school story, don't you? Because you you meet his girlfriend. You oh yeah. look, he's he's auditioning for the dance for being the band at the dance. He's not made it. Throws his demo yeah. tape in the bin. All that type of stuff. And it's almost like the yeah. the story's going to be about a struggling musician and his girlfriend. And then you get reminded yeah. that he's supposed to be meeting Doc. 
at the Twin Pines Mall, which he then races yeah. back to. And with, yeah, with all the exposition that's getting set up, you're, if you don't know anything about the film and the only thing you know about it is it's called Back yeah. to the Future, you you could easily go, well, it's probably something from yes. time travel. But that first bit of the film, you're going to be like, I don't yeah, I thought it was about time on. travel. <laughs> we just, yeah, it's, it's about a kid in school and everyone's telling me everything about yeah. various things. Why are we learning yeah. about a clock tower? Yeah. <laughs> why is why is that Biff guy yeah. such an idiot? <laughs> why is he keep knocking people on the and, head? <laughs> yeah, and the it is it's the rest of the film resolved at the beginning. It, yeah, it does deserve yes. a second watch just to get all the figure out what was going yeah, on. Yeah, because they even do the um, George's writing Biff's report for him in '85, and he yeah. says, "You know, I've got to have it for a certain time. I can't hand it in your handwriting." Which they then re-reference yeah. in 1955 with George doing Biff's homework for him, and he has to get it to him earlier for exactly the same reason. He can't hand it in with his handwriting. Yes, they they, they do reference yeah. those things all the time and keep going back to everything that you've seen, even even the old knocking them yeah. on the head. And so we're talking about the what people yeah. like in the sequel is the yeah. exact same film, but what they've actually done is they they did the film <laughs> in 15 minutes. And they did it again. They did, for the actually, rest of you, the film. You're right. It's just it's 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 three films that are just a series of repeats of the 15 minutes that they did at the start of the first one. Yeah. <laughs> and then they just do it over and over yeah. again. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder what it'd be like to get someone to watch it without watching that beginning bit. Just get them to the point where he arrives in 1955 so they understand you what's just going on. Start it with him crashing through a tree. And then go, right, now yeah. watch from this point. And just see what what you understand of it. And you know, what? if the film was remade mm-hmm. today, that's one way they could do it because they do that bit, the crash yeah. through the tree, they'd have him doing that, and then you'd probably get a title card saying thirty years yeah. later, <laughs> and they'd have it going backwards and forwards. You? you wouldn't know wow, what's yeah. going on. That would yeah. be an interesting remake because they are talking about remaking it, which yeah. I, I heard somewhere that they'd, they'd never let that happen because it's well the it was some of the Rob Zemeckis says ages ago. Go on, he, and Zemeckis said that no reboot or remake of the film would be he'd, he'd ever authorize it. All right, okay, lifetime. fair enough. So we we might have to wait for Zemeckis and the other Bob guy, Gale, yeah. Bob Gale, to to pop the clock right. before they remake it. Yeah, I know. they talked about it. it. Uh, a Back to the Future 4 for a long time. And then obviously, I think yeah. with Michael J. Fox getting Parkinson's or being diagnosed with Parkinson's, that, that was something that then they couldn't do because um, that would be very difficult. Yeah. Um, and I know they did something for, oh, was it the 30, 30th anniversary release on Blu-ray? They did a special where Doc Brown explains why 2015 isn't the way it is in the film. Some weird thing yeah. about time and why it doesn't match up, but I don't think I've actually ever seen it. I've just heard about it. I, I think I've seen it. Yeah. It would yeah. five years ago, no. and I don't remember <laughs> it. I, I, did, I did see something recently where it was Doc Brown and Martin. I, I'm pretty sure it was yeah. a cartoon. 
and they talked about the year yes. 2020. <laughs> and, and Doc was like, no, we're not going there. Fair enough. Did you, did you hear about the, the issues with Crispin Glover in the film? Well, he's not, so he, he's he, not in the sequels, is he? No. He's not in the sequels. That's why he no. hangs upside down. And he... Because the guy playing the guy playing him, yeah, yeah so you can't tell it's yeah. him. It's by someone else. And even the scene with them stood on the doorway yeah. waving, he sued the studio for using that from the first film, for using oh, rights. Right. So there was a whole legal battle around the film because he he didn't want to be right. in the second film, and he, he just I don't think he enjoyed it. I, there's some of that he only saw it once. Yeah. And he's never really watched it again. And there was a whole some dispute about the fact he didn't want to be in it. And then they used spare from the first one, yeah, the to, to pad it out because he wasn't going to be there, yeah, yeah. And and even used standings yeah. to be him. Yeah. And he he didn't like it because they they should have if they'd gone to him and said we're going to be doing this, uh, you don't have to do anything, but we'll give yeah. you this much money. They'd probably been yeah. all right, but they just did it. They said you want to be in it. He said no, so they worked yeah. their way around it because they had footage and already. People thought yeah. he was in it. Well, I must admit, I, yeah, people thought he was. I in thought it, but he wasn't. It was him because um, the the guy who is hanging from whatever that contraption is, the floating thing where he's upside down because his back's broken or whatever, um, sounds very like yeah. him. I mean, I think because he's upside down, he looks yeah. a bit like him. So he, he does a, a passable. Crispin Glover impression, but yeah, it, I found out later that it wasn't actually him, which is a shame because I I really rate Crispin Glover. I think he's a fantastic actor, um, and I think yeah. he shows that in this because his the portrayal he has of George McFly of being this I don't know complete underdog, completely stepped upon bloke uh, who just wants to run away from everything, um, and then yeah. comparison you see him in something like I don't know if you saw American Gods. Um, oh, no, he plays um, a god basically. He plays Mister World in that, so he is he is a really strong yeah. evil presence in that. And the difference between his, his acting and those just shows how versatile he is. Um, but yeah, I, I think I think yeah. I think he's brilliant in this as George. Um, I, th- I think what he managed to do is he in this film he established his character in the yeah. opening scenes. Yes, as the dad. And when we went back to 1955, yeah. he played he, he the did. same character. Yeah. He didn't. He didn't do a younger version. He played George McFly yeah. as an old man in, in the in the past. In the yeah. Teenage body. Yeah. And then when we go yeah. back to him, even in Three. the alternate 1985, he's not much different. No, he's a bit, a bit cooler. cooler. There's tennis now. He's still the yeah. same. He's still got the same laugh. And. He's the same guy, yeah. just yeah. He's a bit cooler, and he doesn't get picked on by Biff anymore. Yeah, no, he he was in a film, and in, in I think it was the nineties, yeah. and it was about rats, right. and he played a bit of an anti-hero, yeah. and I saw it a long time ago, and he he lived in sewers, and he got all the rat. He, he became yeah. like the rat. Yeah, thing. sounds good. Um, <laughs> I'll find it. What's it called? He, but he, he played this. He played this dysfunctional yeah. character, similar to George McFly, but a little bit more yeah. dysfunctional. And the whole plot was just around his relationship with these rats, and 
becoming the person who comes at the end of that. It was about right. to discover it. It's called Willard. Willard. Right. Willard or Willard. Right. Yeah. It was a weird film, but it was hard to watch it without thinking right. of George McFly because he's such a such a distinctive person. He, that, that oh, yeah, person, yeah. You know it, it's yeah. George McFly. I mean, he, yeah. He... Um, but it was it was one of his yeah. better films, but it was it was very like not he didn't really go anywhere like he didn't have the same budget no. as Back to the Future. He didn't have Steven Spielberg as director. He didn't have no. those benefits. But it's a good yeah. film. But it, uh, I'll, I'll have to, I'll it have to try and find it. And it's ranked at six point right, okay. two. Yeah. yeah. A social misfit uses his only friends, his pet rats, to exact revenge on his tormentors. Mm-hmm. There you go. I'll have to. I'll yeah. have to try and uh, find that then. It sounds quite good. I mean, he's been yeah. in lots and lots of things. Um, yeah. I mean, he was he was in Family Ties with um, Michael J. Fox back when that was on TV. I don't know if he was in whilst they were doing. It must have been because he was in for. I think he was in for about a couple of years of the run. So he must have been making that at the same time as Michael J. Fox was. Yeah. Um, he was brilliant in Wild at Heart. Nicholas Cage. Don't know if you've ever seen that. I have seen that. I yeah, he plays a, a really evil guy. He does a really good line in being the evil hitman type. The silent evil hitman. Yeah. Or the complete nerd. Um, <laughs> he played that silent hitman character in one of the Charlie's yes, Angels films. I think he did, didn't he? He was called yes. the Finman. Man. And he, even in that film, he had a bit of a redemption yeah. arc. So at the end, he was—he—he he, he turned out to be also yeah. a little bit good as well. Yeah. No, he's—I yeah. I, like say—I I think he's brilliant in this. I think, let's like say, his arc within it, and as you've seen before, if someone came in and watched the film from that point that Marty crashes through the pine tree, it becomes a lot more yeah. George's story because you'd then be seeing Marty as this person from the future who's come back to help George to realise his potential yeah. instead of Marty coming back to save or by accident and then having to save himself if that makes sense, yeah. I don't know, maybe that's a different angle on the film, maybe it would be worthwhile trying to watch from that point of view and see it as George's story and not Marty's story yeah. I might have to get in timey-wimey stuff again. Because surely Marty would have disappeared first. Yeah, this is some of that's been discussed in forums. <laughs> I, I've come across forums that have discussed this back in, like, the... Yeah. And there were forums. And Yeah, you're right. It, yeah. The, he, he should have gone first as the first no, child. the last child, the youngest child, as, yeah. As the, the youngest yeah. child, yeah. Because there's less chance of him occurring yeah. if the other two absolutely, yes, yeah. yeah. They, they got that bit a, a yeah. bit wrong, I think, just a little bit. You never know. It might have been that he could have damaged the timeline so that his brother and sister didn't get born, and then George and Lorraine finally they they had separate marriages. <laughs> and they met each other in a cafe. Twenty years later, in, in like the, 
Yeah. And and they got together <laughs> and they had Marty. And just Marty. And how bizarre though, because yeah. then they, they talk about calling one of their children Marty. Why then the third child? <laughs> oh no, Marty says it, yeah. doesn't he? He says if you ever have why call your third child Marty or is it that? I can't remember. And George George never questions the fact that their third child looks exactly <laughs> like that guy that hung around with them for a week back in the 1950s. Yeah. yeah. No. Ne- never mm. says to Lorraine, hang on a second. <laughs> What's going on here? Yes. But there again, also never question that their great-great-great-great-grandfather or Lorraine's great-great... No, George's great-great-great-grandfather looks exactly like Marty as well that we see in Back to the Future Part 3. Yeah. But he, the great-great-great-grandmother... Like Lorraine, yeah. Like... <laughs> Lorraine, yeah. Because obviously Chris, Crispin Glover wasn't Which... going to be in the film, so they couldn't have him play the, the yeah. great-great-grandfather. But he does... Either the McFly family have know exactly what they're like <laughs> in a woman... Or there's something incestuous going well, on. Well, yeah, because then family. if you get to the, the future of Marty's own family, the fact that he plays his own son and his own daughter <laughs> yeah, just gets a bit silly, doesn't it? It's probably it does, a good job yeah. that when they replaced Jennifer, they didn't replace Jennifer with um, Lee Thompson as well and have um, Marty's mother play his girlfriend as well because that would have got really silly. <laughs> Yeah, some of some of that threw me in the second film was that they'd replace yes. Jennifer, and and it was all to do with the fact that she wasn't available at the time or she didn't want to. Uh, do the film. I her mother the got cancer and she decided to withdraw from public life and being an actress, so she right. actually gave up acting. Right. Yeah, but I I didn't know they replaced her. So it's again we're going back to the days yeah. of VHS and renting yeah. from the yeah, local yeah, yeah. blockbusters. And other video stores yeah. were available, um, <laughs> but not many. We just the local butchers. Yeah, so so watching that film, I was like, I'm sure that's what is it. I'm sure she's different. There's something yeah. off about her, and I couldn't un- no. I couldn't get it. And it it was a while later when I saw yeah. the first one again that it was like, hey, it's a yeah. different person. But Jennifer's not a massive part again, of Back to the Future. You know, you, we see her briefly no. at the start and briefly at the end. Um, and obviously, the end scene they reshot for Back to the Future Part Two to have Elizabeth Shue in it. So Jennifer was immediately the different person in that end scene. So when you re see it in Back to yeah. the Future Part Two, it's straight away it's a different girl, and that's that's just the way it is. So I guess it, it, she yeah. does become sort of forget forgot forgotten, I suppose. But yeah, yeah. I think they could they could edit a supercut where. <laughs> They have the original actress. <laughs> well, bring bring her back. <laughs> um, yeah, they have the original actress, uh, Claudia yeah. Wells. And then at the point where the time machine turns up and there's all the flashes and bangs and the doc flies around the corner and smashes into yeah. the trash cans, at that point you're watching the yeah. second film. So I think at that point you just replace the actress <laughs> and everyone will just assume that because doc travelled back in time, she changed. <laughs> Don't explain it. Just give her a different name point. as well. Maybe you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's possible, of course. But wouldn't Marty be a bit kind of hold on? <laughs> You're not my girlfriend. <laughs> you look different. No, because 
he's within the timeline. He Doc would have ah, noticed. I see. So not when, not when Marty gets back to his own time, when Doc reappears in his own time yeah. in '85. When he reappears right at the end, that yeah. closing scene. Yeah. So you you stitch the two films <laughs> together at that point. So you've just got one big long film. So even up to the point of Doc reappearing, it's still Claudia Wells, and then the next scene after Doc's got there, it's Sonny yeah. Elizabeth Shoe. Yeah. I like it. It's it's an just interesting idea. Yeah, yeah, maybe that's the the cut that we need to do with this. Yeah, and get Crispin Glover to come back and actually play himself, play George in the um, the other parts. Yeah, and, as, and, as an and, yeah, because he could do it now, couldn't he? It'd be, It'd be Robert, right. He's about the right yeah. age now. Be fine. <laughs> yeah. It introduced me to Chuck Berry. Yeah, Johnny Be Good. It's a great song, isn't it? And yeah, yeah. Can't remember what else that was used in. And yeah, everything, everything ever. Everything yeah, that's ever ripped yeah. off to the future. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it's a it is a great song. It's it's beautifully yeah. done as well. Um, that that whole scene yeah. where he he just rocks out on stage, and everyone stops dancing and yeah. just kind of looks and like. What? But your kids are going to love it. <laughs> it's another one of those wonderful quotable lines, isn't it? Yeah. In the there was a Family Guy episode where they basically ripped off mm. the entire plot, and Peter went back to mid mid eighties. Right. So Brian the dog was on the stage playing <laughs> the guitar, and obviously they couldn't do Chuck Berry because he'd already been yeah released. So he sang Never Gonna Give You Up by um, <laughs> Rick Astley. Yeah. Brilliant. Brilliant. Yeah. Uh, I'll have to find that one as well and watch that. I didn't watch many Family Guys, most of it, but I must try and watch them. Yeah. He, he even had the guy on the side going, Rick, <laughs> it's your cousin, Marvin, Marvin Astley. <laughs> Nicely done. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it it is. I have to say, it is a great film. I really enjoyed rewatching yep. it, and uh, I'm glad someone picked it as their favorite film. I have to say, because it gave me a chance to talk about it and talk about lots of things in it that I I kind of wanted to. Yep. Um, I've been asking everyone, and this is the bit you've got to try really hard at. Okay, sell the film to me in about thirty seconds. Okay. <laughs> Back to the Future is a quintessential 80s film. It takes you on an adventure. It's got fantastic music. There's a love story. There's also a little bit of sci-fi and time travel. And it doesn't take anything to watch it. It's just an enjoyable movie. You don't have to think about it too much. You just enjoy the film. Fantastic. That's really, really good. This sucker's electrical. But I need a nuclear reaction to, to generate the 1.21 gigawatts of electricity. 1.21 gigawatts! 1.21 gigawatts! Great Scott! Right. 
Hope you enjoyed that little chat with myself and Richard about Back to the Future. Next time we will be joined by Seamus Doherty and we were talking about the 1973 film Badlands, written and directed by Terence Malick and starring Martin Sheen and Sissy Spacek. Uh, certainly it's an interesting film if you haven't seen it. Here's a little trail from Seamus. I think why, why you should watch it is um, it's the best film that you've never heard of. Watch this film and then think about other films that you've seen and that, do you know what, I think they might have been influenced by, by this movie. I think it was a, it was a, a, a groundbreaking movie and it's, and it's time. And it's, it's worth going back to some of the old stuff to see where some of the stuff that we've got nowadays has come from. Thank you, Seamus. That's next time on the My Favourite Film Podcast. I'll see you then. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Finally, thanks to Acast for hosting the website and to Max Smith for the theme tune composition. To get in touch with the podcast, remember that website is www.myfavouritefilm.com. 